DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Archdiocese of Omaha, presents Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas. Pope Francis, in his encyclical letter, Lumen Fidei, The Light of Faith, said that faith's past, the act of Jesus' love which brought new life to the world, comes down to us through the memory of others, witnesses, and is kept alive in that one remembering subject, which is the Church. The Church is a mother who teaches us to speak the language of faith. In that spirit, this series of conversations with Archbishop Lucas brings the many aspects of the Catholic faith and why it matters, not only to the individual, but also to families, communities, and the world at large. Why it matters an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We now continue with part two of our conversation with Archbishop George Lucas on why prayer matters. I've heard it said, I, I think it was Father Michael Casey, who's a Trappist in Australia, and he has written about prayer, and he said that prayer sometimes starts for us, we're discontented about something. And of course, famously, St. Augustine would say, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So in our prayer, we're, we're seeking something. And how many stories maybe have you have heard, and I know I've, I've heard from individuals and read, where people, they need something, and they just go into a church. Maybe they've left the church, and something's calling them, and they just want to satisfy that unsettledness. Yeah, so we, it's easy to see that as a negative. You know, I'm unsettled, I'm worried, I'm, something's stirring in me, I can't figure out what it is. So, we, you know, we like to have the answers, and we like everything to be settled. But often that's a grace. As you said, we're made for God, as St. Augustine said so beautifully. And when we're looking for God in the wrong places, or looking for some kind of satisfaction or answer, or trying to see where we fit, What's the meaning of life, the central meaning of life? That we're never going to find that other anyplace else except uh, in a relationship with God. So God's built us that way, made us that way, but it's not a trick or it's not a, a deficit, we might say, that the fact that we feel restless, it's a, it, we, we can come to see it as an invitation. So sometimes, as you said, there's just a, a kind of spontaneity. People, Someone might just feel drawn into a church or they just fall to their knees, you know, there's a sense that I, I've tried everything else, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to God and, and see if, just cry out for help or understanding for peace, whatever, whatever it is that, that we're longing for. Uh, if we have the benefit of a, perhaps a good preacher that we listen to regularly or a regular confessor or best, even a spiritual director, that person can help us identify what we're experiencing as really an invitation from God and an opportunity to be drawn into a deeper relationship of dependence on God, and again, dependence in a very healthy way because it's how we flourish as, as human beings. It's, it's how we'll become our best selves in a relationship uh, with God, where God's not competing with us, and God's not in any way trying to limit us or take something from us, but to r- really help us grow and fulfill our human potential, which, which he himself has designed for us. Just encourage anyone who might be listening, you know, if there's if uh, any of us feel ourselves at, at this moment kind of restless or not really satisfied with the way we're living, the choices we're making, or if, if there's a lack of peace, 
a desire for, for something more, that we take some time to be in the presence of God in, in prayer. And we don't get answers on demand, but again, we come into the presence of God with confidence that God is God of our lives. We want to give him that permission uh, uh, explicitly. And then God has a loving plan for us. And if we can understand it even in little ways and lean into it, grow into it, we will find what we're what it is we're looking for. And it might not be what we thought we were looking for. It might be something something else, but it'll be good. You know, there are times when we pray, and I, I know that you can see it in a, a sunrise. You get a sense that, oh, my gosh, and you there's like a shimmering. or I, I don't know how to describe it. You just feel God's presence, or you see something beautiful, a, a beautiful painting, or you hear a piece of music. Something's reaching and touching your heart, and you just take Shua back. Is that prayer, too? Well, it can be the beginnings of prayer. So I think it, we just need to ask, tell me a place where God isn't. Well, God's not ex- explicitly in, in an act of sin you know, or, or human willfulness, but God's not powerless over my sin. God's not a, far away from, from me at that moment, look, always coming after me. But really, the, all the created world is here because of, of a loving act of God's will, creating really at this moment. We don't say God created a long time ago, and now it's just kind of hanging here some, somehow. We could put a, hang a picture on the wall, but God is creating it at this moment. So why would we be surprised that we come to see something of, of God's power, God's beauty, God's order, God's plan in the created world, in people around us? The people we encounter day by day are created in the image and likeness of God. We're perhaps not often enough aware of the, you know, the, the deep goodness in, in the heart of another person or the, the deep desire in the heart of, of another to grow in God's love. But we, we do witness compassion, we witness forgiveness, generosity in all kinds of ways. Those are all reflections of godliness in the people around us. So the, uh, just to recognize that, I don't know, uh, we don't want to limit prayer too much. Uh, just to recognize it, I'm not sure we'd say that that's a prayer, but it's, I think we see it as an invitation and it's a revelation. And when God is revealed to us as God, then the invitation is there for us to respond. Dear creatures, his, his sons and daughters, to offer praise and thanks, acknowledgement, to thank God for his goodness that's reflected. There's all kinds of ways that, that we could respond. But it's, prayer is experienced in the relationship where God is revealing, inviting, we, we respond in some way. Sometimes it can be hard to pray for some because they may say, I want to know why. Okay, God, why did certain things happen? All right, I'm feeling your love, but why did you let me hurt as a child? I begged you for an answer, and you said no. Or at least it seemed to that person that he did. That's that hit in the wall, uh, that hit in that fire almost. How do you help people through that? Well, that's really it's a very common experience and can be a painful one. Gives us reason to understand why we, in a sense, we need some input in our prayer and also some guidance from time to time. So the, the scriptures are essential for us to really know God as He reveals Himself. I can have a, a thought in my mind, a kind of a sense of, of who I want God to be and how I want God to respond to me or act in, in my life, but I may be demanding God to be something other than He is. So we read 
God's communication to us. We read God's loving plan. We read God, how God has revealed himself to, to people in every age. And we see that God is not out to get us and, and that God has not turned his back on us. And people have had questions from, from the very beginning. You know, when God looks at me, what's he thinking? Is he mad at me? Is he ignoring me? Is the universe is kind of big. Uh, there's lots of people. Maybe God's not paying any attention to me today because he's got other people on his mind. So we wonder, we begin to doubt whether our lives are, if they even count in God's sight, in God's plan. So the scriptures, and then particularly the coming of Jesus, that helps us understand how dear we are in God's sight and in his plan, and how much he desires that we live, that we have healing, that we have faith, confidence in him. He doesn't necessarily reveal that he wants me to have all the things that I want to have or on my time schedule, but we can too easily, in a sense, become isolated in prayer. So it's not really a communication. We're not letting God's revelation come from his direction to us, but kind of blocking that out and saying, I've got this on my mind. I've got this that I want. And somehow God is diminished in my thought if I'm not getting from God what it is that I want. And it might not be a bad thing that I want, you know, to want peace, to want healing, to want a deeper understanding of a profound hurt or confusion. It's not a bad thing at all, but it, it won't necessarily come on, on my terms. Uh, and often, I think, I just speak from my own experience of ups and downs in prayer over, over many years, often what I'm looking for is much narrower and smaller than what God really wants me to have and, and understand. It doesn't seem like it at the time to me. And so I'm, in a sense, trying to push God to let me settle for something that's really not life-giving or that really isn't a, a big enough understanding of big enough gift of peace or healing and because I want it now or I, I want it on my terms. We work through that, but I think there's, again, a, to have spiritual companionship in prayer. So a spiritual director can be a great help to us in, in interpreting where we might be stuck in our own prayer or, or we might be not realizing what God is offering us. It's right there in front of us. We're not quite seeing it. But it doesn't have to be a spiritual director. It can be a spiritual friend. And some, just the work that you're doing here to try to talk about prayer and, and share some thoughts with, with other people. We try to, to give encouragement to each other that if it's really communication, if we really want a relationship with the living God by which we will be saved, that, that relationship, we have to let God be God. And we have to let God bring to us everything that he wishes to bring, everything he has at his disposal, you might say, which is more than we can know or understand. It's hard, though. And I, I don't mean we don't want to diminish sometimes the hurt we might feel as we pray and, and don't seem to be getting anywhere. Again, mystics and great spiritual guides in the church all talk about this being a part of the experience. We, you know, we, we feel very much we're on the right track, and we feel that we're very much open to the plan of God, and we might be, and then at the moment aren't getting consolation or affirmation or, the, again, the kind of communication <laughs> that we would hope to, to get from God at this particular moment. We have to approach prayer in faith. Just Sometimes we, sit, we feel like we have a lot of it. Sometimes it's the size of a mustard seed. We feel like we, we don't have much. But faith that God, that God is God, and that to be in the hands of God is right where I need to be, even if I can't understand everything, even if I can't feel really good at, at the moment, that if I willingly put myself in, in God's hands, I can't be anyplace better. We'll return to Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas, in just a moment. 
Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas. I just know from my own experience that when you think you are responding in a certain way that God wants you to, there are certain things come up or even certain sufferings appear that I have to stop myself and say, okay, I'm, I'm not sure why this is happening. And it may even be a painful thing, but I know you love me, and I know you want what's best for me. And so if you're allowing this, then I know it's for my greater good, ultimately. So okay. And you, it, interesting that, but it's hard. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how particularly, how we can make it through without that grace that also comes from not only our personal prayer, but the prayer that is fueled from our encounters with the sacraments, and in particular the Eucharist. Right, because it's in the sacraments that we encounter the risen Jesus in a very profound way. We do that in the context of the community of believers, even if it seems like kind of a private celebration of the sacrament, like the reconciliation is not necessarily. But it, it's really in the, always in the context of the church and in the presence of the risen Lord. But we are aware, and again, it's part of our spiritual tradition that there are those moments when we can't see or when, we're, when we really are suffering or, or struggling to see or, or to understand, to trust. 
So we try to trust as we can. You know, the, the old axiom is we pray as we can, not as we can't. And so even our kind of cry to God, God, I don't understand this. This is all a mess. I don't like it. Why are you asking this of me? Those can be very valid, beautiful prayers because it's, it's communication from the heart to God. And we don't have to be afraid that God will be offended or that he'll get tired of. I think God can take it. So we don't want to be flippant about it. Whatever is in our hearts, on our hearts, we sometimes say, what else do we have? So we give that to God. That's what we have to give. We know that it's a, it's a pleasing gift. It's a, it's a, it might be a good time to mention, too, and, and here's where sometimes people who know us well or, or spiritual guides, spiritual directors can, can be helpful. Um, it's possible for any of us that, that there's been some kind of a trauma in our past, so a psychological hurt or a physical hurt, even something that's been painful. It could be an explicit act of abuse of some kind, but it wouldn't necessarily have to be something that, that serious. Where we have become, in human terms, kind of bound by that hurt, and, and it's, it's affecting our ability to enter more freely in, into a relationship with God. God has not hurt us. God hasn't willed that, that, that we be hurt. God wants us to be free, to, to be healed, but, but our own limitation or, or wound might keep us from being able to receive what, what God is offering. So sometimes a professional person, either a good spiritual director, sometimes it might need to be a therapist, or again, maybe somebody who just knows us well can help us see what that might be, you know, where we might be stuck. And again, not that that's, that, that itself is a bad thing that we're doing, but, but we're hurt, we're hurt, you know, that we can't deny it. The exploration of that and the ability to open ourselves explicitly to God at that point in our lives or that place where we're hurting to, to invite healing, maybe to allow someone else to be an instrument of healing for us who understands the human mind and heart, who understands us, can be um, an occasion for us to experience more freedom in our prayer and a, a greater openness to healing and the other gifts that God wishes us to, to experience. You know, we talked about listening in our prayer, and we do know that there can be something else, and you kind of alluded to it right there, other things that we may actually hear. I'm not speaking necessarily auditorily in our ears, but I mean in our heart, that may not be coming from God. It may be coming from the world around us, voices of anxiety and stress, and goes on and on and on. But then also, again, as you alluded to, the things that we've been told or the, that are emanating from within inside of ourselves. And then there's that also that voice of the enemy, as St. Ignatius of Loyola would speak of so clearly. But it has been revealed to us all the way back to the New Testament. So as we grow in the life of prayer, which we all hope we, we can do, the um, help of someone else as we discern what really is from God and what are the opportunities that God is offering us to go forward, to grow, to receive the blessings that, that God wishes to, to give us, to be able to see that for what it is, but then also to understand what are the things that are not from God. And as you say, they can come from the noise around us. They can come, maybe we've, been, we've heard uh, a false message often enough, maybe about ourselves, about our own unworthiness or about, our, about that it's not possible for us to be forgiven, whatever something gets in our head that we think wrongly about ourselves. And then, of course, the devil is looking to even turn good opportunities like prayer into a moment of confusion for us and to get us hung up on some of the false voices or false attractions. 
So we know that the effect of sin is separation and disintegration. So the separation from God is an effect of our own sin, of original sin, of human sinfulness. And so the devil likes to work that that separation and keep that separation effective, wide, perceptible. God is offering us in Jesus Christ communion, a life-giving union with the Holy Trinity, even in this world. And that's the invitation to prayer that we receive from God is an invitation to take advantage of that communion, to be with God consciously, to desire to be with God, to allow God to fill us, heal us, strengthen us, to be readily transparent uh, before God in, in our prayer and admit where we have sin, also our desire for forgiveness. The discernment, as St. Ignatius so famously taught us, other people have, have talked about it and seen it in, in different ways. It's an important part of, of growing in prayer. So we look for those who can help us. There, there are wonderful books that many of us can take advantage of, spiritual books that help us, that are sort of guides to prayer and to interpreting how what our experiences in prayer might be, whether they are from God or from ourselves, some kind of false understanding that's in us or from the devil. It's important to know the difference and then to, to desire what's of God and to look in that direction as we offer our own prayers, petitions, adoration. You know, in the very beginning, we talked about Abraham, and he was, even in, as you just described, the importance of talking to another he was not left alone because Melchizedek was sent to him. It affirmed him. It helped him to say, okay, you're on the right track. I, too, understand what you're going through. I, too, want to encourage you. And we see that over and over and over again. So I guess for that person who might be listening, Archbishop, who, who maybe, it's, maybe it's them, maybe it's a loved one, maybe it's a husband or a wife or someone who will hear Another say, well, I, I have my personal prayer with God. That's enough. I don't, need, I don't need the church. I don't need to go and participate in communal prayer like the, the beautiful liturgy of the Eucharist or even the liturgy of the hours. It's just enough between Jesus and me. What would you say to them? Uh, well, I would, you don't want to argue with somebody, of course, but, but to say I think it, it's helpful to share our own experience. So rather than say, well, it hasn't been enough for me, but to say, well, that was kind of where I started, and I'm very glad that I had that sense that my own personal prayer was effective and that God was listening because I know that it's true. But let me just tell you how much richer my prayer has become because I've been to a Bible study or because I pray now with the Scriptures or I go to Mass regularly or time in adoration or I'm in a part of a prayer group. I have a spiritual director. I mean, there's many ways I've done. I've read a, a beautiful spiritual book, and maybe I can recommend it to you if you'd be interested. So there are a lot of ways, I think, that, that we can invite someone whose experience of prayer is good, we would say, but small, and where we know that, that, there's, that the Lord presumably has, has much more in mind for them to, to know and, and to experience. It's a beautiful part of our Catholic tradition. There's many ways to pray and a lot of ways in, we might say, to this beautiful relationship that God is offering us, a lot of places where we can en- uh, enrich that. And the witness one a person to another, of what difference prayer has made in my own life. Uh, and just offering that as a gift without judgment and without saying, since I'm doing this, you've got to do it the same way. But it, it gives another person who's already begun some kind of a relationship with God in prayer, with God's initiative, of course. It may be just that moment of revelation that we've talked about. It, you know, it might be a little burning bush for them or a, 
or an invitation like Abraham heard that would be coming through you or me. And then we, maybe we see immediately that somebody picks up on that, or maybe it just gets planted in their heart. And as they pray or, or think, they begin to desire something more and think, well, if she's got that, if, if that's been possible for her, maybe it could be for me as well. Uh, so I think that's it's part of our evangelization, and I think we shouldn't, um, shouldn't miss that opportunity to, to witness the difference that prayer makes and what our experience has been. To, and to try to verbalize it as well as we can or invite somebody to come pray with us or to come to our Bible study group or prayer group to see what they might begin to experience them, themselves. And then, then we leave that in God's hands. God loves that person much more than I do, uh, and uh, God desires a deeper relationship with them than the one they're letting him have so far. We could, all could say that. But when we're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and the light and the joy of the gospel, an important part of it is the, is the life of prayer and the opportunity to have that personal relationship with God. Personal and also communal, they, they, they go together. So we, we want to make sure that that also is part of the invitation and the experience of, of those that, to whom we're offering an experience of life in Christ. If I could ask you, just in closing on this particular part of our conversation, for that person who has been praying and, and has felt they love the rosary, as many of us do, or... They've been praying the liturgy of the hours or whatever that might be. And maybe you've, you can speak out of your own experience. Something's changed. They, they feel like that doesn't, my prayer seems to be drying up and that isn't speaking to me anymore. What should I do? Because it, prayer is kind of leaving, feels a little dry. Yeah, there are some uh Direction is, is often helpful. But I would say if something has really held me in good stead over many years, which I shouldn't give it up just because it seems a little boring or, or dry right now. That's not, um, it's not an indication that God is gone or that that uh, particular form of, of prayer uh, is bad. It often is it's quite the opposite. You know, it's a, a testing perhaps to see if I'll be faithful. And what I, what I know up until now has really held me in good stead and, and I think probably will again. Um, but uh, it's also good to, to know that there are, these, are there many other opportunities of how to pray in our Catholic tradition. So we shouldn't necessarily ever limit ourselves to, to one particular thing, but we should have one thing, perhaps. So we don't want to say that we don't just bounce around and never do. So I guess the, you know, the simple answer is maybe try something different, holding on to what has been good for us up until now. And maybe at some point we'll find that we're led to another form of prayer, but I think it's probably not good to let go of one one end of the banister until we <laughs> grab hold of the other one, you know, until, there, until we find uh, something else. So it may be a particular kind of formal prayer, or it may be a deeper ability to, to enter into contemplative prayer or to Lexio Divina or, or something. There, there are many rich opportunities. We have this great treasury in our faith of uh, how to be in the presence of God and, and how to nurture a life of prayer. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Archbishop. Yep, thank you. You've been listening to Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Archdiocese of Omaha. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission And if you feel us worthy, 
consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Why It Matters, an exploration of faith with Archbishop George Lucas.